Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And we are talking to our friend Vanita Aspen today. Yes, we are. She is amazing. She's such a great guest. She's a Charleston blogger. And um, she was a new follow to me, but somebody that Grace has been friends with for years. And I can't wait to chat with her. Yeah, you guys are going to really like her, I think. But before we get into it, should we high and low? Yes, let's do it. What's your high this week? Okay, so I have two. So the first high, I'm going to be so annoying. I feel like an annoying blogger, even though I don't have a blog. But it's a secret. I can't tell because it's not my news to share. Did you see that thing? I shared it on Instagram. Steph McNeil from BuzzFeed shared it too. It was like this comedian impersonating a blogger with a secret project. Oh my God. No, it's, I didn't it's see amazing. it. It's amazing. It's not a secret project. Oh, what are, well, what, what's your secret? I can't tell you. My real high, I'll tell you next week once it's out in the open because it's not my news. Yes, it's somebody else's Somebody else's news. But it affects me and I'm very happy about it. Second thing is that I pulled the trigger and I bought my SoulCycle bike. Congratulations. Thank you. We did the math. She has to take 92 classes this year to pay for it. Yes, which is fine. I think I will. The biggest hang-up for me – That's less than three classes a week. I know. The biggest hang-up for me was that I don't think that I actually probably want it once COVID – isn't a factor. I want to work out in a studio with people outside of my house. But we did the math. I think it's fine. Yeah. And you can always sell it. It'll have a great resale value. So I'm very excited. So I placed the order last night because on their website, it said that it was going to take three to five weeks to deliver. And my interior decorator is coming over on September 15th to take photos of my apartment for her portfolio and to like pitch to press or whatever. So I was like, okay, it can't come before the 15th. But I was like, okay, three to five weeks, that'll be after. So I placed the order last night. Grace, I got an email this morning, and they were like, it can be delivered on September 3rd. And I was like, no. No, no. So now I just have a hole in my heart knowing that I could have my SoulCycle bike sooner. Yeah. But I scheduled it for the afternoon of the 15th. So she's going to come over. She's going to take photos of my apartment. And then I'm going to ruin it with this ugly bike. Great. Can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm so, so excited. I'm excited for you. Are you going to come upstairs and use it? No, I don't like spinning. Okay, well, I offered. <laughs> what is yours? Um, mine is I have a couple. So kind of a big announcement. It's not like anything too exciting, but you know this. I'm moving to Charleston for the holidays so that I can be closer to my family. I rented an adorable cottage. It's like in a great part of Charleston, right downtown in the historic district. It's so cute. It looks very – It looks um, like a boat. Yeah. Yeah. It looks very nautical. Yeah. It's got like – it's all like really cute rattan furniture downstairs with a beautiful modern kitchen. Then upstairs is just a little one bedroom. It's not as big as my current apartment, but I don't need that much space. I'm bringing Tyrion. going for six weeks. And it's just going to be so nice because I'll see my parents for the holidays as well as multiple times. And then I have friends down there, so I'll see them. And it just – is given me such a big thing to look forward to and also just like alleviated a lot of anxiety I've had about the holidays because I've been like, am I going to see my family in 2020? I'm happy for you. I'm sad for me because I will miss you. It's only for six weeks. I hope it's a mediocre time. <laughs> I don't, I hope it's not too good a time because yeah, I think you're, you're a flight risk. I've been thinking a lot about leaving New York for Charleston. And I've been thinking about this for like five years now, but I've been thinking that it's something I would do in like three years. 
And now I'm thinking I might want to do it sooner, but I don't know. So this is a good test run. That's why I hope it's a mediocre time. <laughs> I don't hope it's a bad time. I, I don't want to rain on your parade. I just hope it's like a six out of 10 time. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I think it's going to be a really good test. And in the meantime, I'm going to have a 10 out of 10 time here and post about it so that you have so FOMO. I'm really jealous. <laughs> That's so mean. I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's going to be... Uh, I'm try- maybe I'll like make a new friend who you want to be friends with, or maybe I'll go to all of the places that are You're, your you, favorite. I don't you know. You and Kate Childs are going to be like eating at Polo Bar and like going to the Carlisle, although I don't think those places will be op- back open again. I don't yet. know. I'm, I'm going to hatch a plan. <laughs> I feel like this would be the plot of like a British rom-com. To, to get your friend yeah. not to move. Yeah. <laughs> Since like, it's a guy in the, in the rom-com. Yeah, and then we would fall in love. Like, it's like a um, like a really intense, elaborate plan to keep you, and it would be secret. I wouldn't have told you in the book, but, but to keep you from moving. Yeah. And I, like, I don't know, I sabotage things in Charleston. Like, I, I get your, I don't know who I get. I guess I'd have to get a stranger because I was going to say your dad to, like, I don't know, plant, like, snakes in your <laughs> apartment. Oh my god, this is getting weird. But I'm really excited. I'm just so thrilled to like have all that time with my family, but also my own time. I could not move in with my family for six weeks. They live like probably 30 or 40 minutes away from downtown and their place is great. But like I'm someone who needs her own space. I think I would probably go crazy after more than a week of of living at home as much as like my parents are my best friends and I love them so much. I mean, I'm like that. I'd be like that with anyone. Like I just am a a person who needs her own space. So I can't wait. I am so excited. Um, It's going to be really nice. My other thing is that I got some help with the blog. I hired a graphic designer. She's amazing. She just helps me on a freelance basis. She's been helping me with blog graphics. She made these really beautiful illustrations for a project I had. And she's just helped me with so many cool creative things. And it's just really nice to have some help besides like my partnerships person and my photographer um because I've had a lot going on with work lately and it's just nice to have that the stripe team is growing it's growing what about on the low side so my low is that like on Sunday when you and I went to drinks with Alex I was literally like I have the nicest most balanced week ahead of me and, um, Sorry, I'm trying to manhandle your cat. and He's really tangled in the Yeah, the she's cords. getting t- Tyrion all tangled in the cords. Sorry. So I was like, I have the nicest, most balanced week yeah. ahead of me. I'm so excited. And then the whole week just imploded. Like we had to move things around because we had an amazing – we had Steph Feldman on the podcast to do an amazing Bad on Politics series. I moderated two Zoom events. I also realized that if I am doing an evening Zoom event – I have to give myself a work break in the middle of the day because my standard work day is like nine to seven. And so I was working like nine to seven and then going straight into a Zoom, like which was also work and then finishing at like nine o'clock. And it's just too long. It's too long of a day. So that was a lesson learned. But it was just one of those. Oh, I also had like several sponsored posts get moved, moved up. One, the product is who knows where it is it's floating in the universe somewhere so i've been like running around chasing product like scrambling to get drafts to brands for things it's like all like silly stuff but i've just been working like like 12 or 13 hour days every day this week and i'm tired i bet yeah but i also don't want to complain because right now in this economy like to get sponsored posts and work with brands is like such a huge 
deal. Yeah. So I should just shut up. I'm just tired. I get it. How about you? Um. So my birthday. So in re- in real life, my birthday is next week. As of recording, my birthday is no. As of when this goes live, my birthday is two days yesterday. I don't know when. Anyway, my birthday is September first. So I feel like I've just been doing like personal reflection of like how has the last year been, and I'm just really coming to terms with the fact that it's September and that we've been indoors for three months. And I'm not depressed about it. I'm just like it's been more than three months. Six months. Six months. Math, man. Math is math is is not easy when you've been inside for this long. I know. It's it's. Summer's been better, though. We've been no, going, getting outside. Been, but I just feel like... It's been that we've lo- been locked up in this penitentiary of Brooklyn and Manhattan. Like, there's no leaving. Yeah. No traveling. Yeah. But it's just like when I reflect back on this year outside of rom-com pods, I'm like, it's been a meh year. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I feel like bleh about that. Also, I have my so we did our episode at the beginning of the year with our New Year's resolutions that are like goals for this year. Oh, don't listen to that. It's going to make it's it so sad. depressing. So I I took my goals and I wrote them down on a piece of paper and I taped them to my refrigerator. And so I also see them every day and I'm like, I think that you should stop torturing yourself. Well, and- some of them are still achievable. Okay. Outside of I would make a new piece of paper I with should. new goals. Yeah, I'm just feeling, I don't know, it's just kind of all hitting me. Yeah, I know. I felt the same. I feel like I I feel like my whole life was on hold, like especially like on a, in my personal life, like I was like I'm really going to make time. I'm going to set more boundaries with work. I'm going to have a personal life. I'm going to date. I was dating someone like earlier in the year and like everything just kind of went to shit. Now you're like, I'm going to stay home and work at all hours. At all hours of all days and do a million Zooms and hug my cat. (laughs) Well, on that note. Yeah, on that really optimistic note. If you're feeling like you have some extra time on your hands, might I recommend that you leave us a review? We would love it. Haven't asked in a while. This is our desperation minute if you're new here. Ratings and reviews really help us with the Apple algorithm. So please leave us one. If you've already done that, you get a gold star. And um, you can always take a screenshot of yourself listening to this and put it on your Instagram story and share it with your friends. And we would love that. Vanita Aspen is a third-generation Charleston native and a multi-hyphenate. Besides being one of our favorite influencers to follow, she's also a model. She's been in national campaigns for brands like Old Navy and Target, as well as Charleston favorites like Candy Shop Vintage. She also runs her own creative agency, the Aspen Agency, and most recently, something that I've personally really loved is her new podcast. Um, She launched a brand new podcast called Group Chat Realness with her friend Sophie Gold. Welcome, Vanita. Thanks for having me, y'all. We're so excited. So we introduced you, but we ask every guest, can you tell us a little bit about yourself in your own words? I mean, I think you guys did a great job, honestly. I am, like you said, a Charleston native um, and... I mean, honestly, no, I'm not going to say anything. You guys did a very good job. Like, I, I <laughs> we can't. nailed it. We nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed it. Coming out strong. <laughs> yeah, coming out strong. You nailed it. So you actually went to culinary school. I did. Could you briefly walk us through kind of like from college till now and how you got to where you are today? Okay, so I went to culinary school because I wanted like a bird off 
type situation in Charleston where it was like you could buy local goods but have a good restaurant at the same time. So I figured I didn't need to go to school for fashion, but I wanted a little more background in culinary arts. So I did that. And while I was in culinary school, I was also working Charleston Fashion Week to still be educated on the fashion side of things, but like without having to like pay tuition for fashion school. So I did that for, wow, I think I did Charleston Fashion Week for almost six years. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. And by doing all of that, it made it easier for me to kind of step into the modeling world. So I always knew it's something that I wanted to do. And initially, when I applied for Charleston Fashion Week, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a model. They were like, sorry, you're too short. So that's when I had my first moment. Yeah. But you know, like, Back then and still kind of now, the industry is like that. They want female models to be 5'8", size 0, size 2. And I was 5'4 and a half. <laughs> and looked at me like I was crazy when I walked into that room. But that's when I first had the realization of, okay, so I have to do whatever it is to be able to get in like where I fit in. So I said, okay, I can't walk it. Very disappointed. But I had to spin it and be like, I can work it and like understand the back-end perspective even more. So I tried to look at it as like a, a learning moment. So I did all that, did Fashion Week, did the freelance modeling, was in culinary school, graduated, worked at two restaurants, absolutely hated it. I quit one day, didn't even call the restaurant. It's just like, I'm not showing up, um, <laughs> which is not, I don't recommend. Did that, started working in fashion, uh, worked for a small company in Charleston called Ibu Movement. And From there, I wanted something bigger. So I ended up moving to New York to work for another company. Loved New York, hated the job, moved back home, was depressed for six months. And I think that was the first time in my life I'd ever been depressed. Like from the day I moved to New York until I guess seven months after I got back home, like I went through like a very serious depression. And then from there, the Aspen agency kind of like came to life. And yeah, God, I hope I did told enough of that story right. It's your story. You can't tell it wrong. Yeah. Long story. I was trying to make sure I didn't miss anything. I guess I missed the influencer part, but I'm sure we'll get into that later. So wait, I'm curious about the culinary piece. Do you still enjoy cooking or did it ruin it for you? No, it's my favorite thing. So I, I spun my degree into food styling when I created the Aspen agency and it was just me by myself. So I offered, um, wardrobe prop and food styling And I mean, I cook every day and like my goal is still to be able to show people even when I'm posting my Instagram videos that like cooking doesn't have to be this overly done, super curated thing. Like it can just be salt, pepper, garlic and like a good meat or vegetable and like you're good. What do you have a signature dish? Um, Like if you're I'm coming over and you want to impress me, what are you making? Shrimp and grits. Oh, yum. Oh, yum. I'm coming (laughs) over. Great. Yeah. Shrimp and grits. (laughs) You didn't realize that you were getting house guests out of this, but you are. (laughs) I'm accepting. My door is open. I'm accepting of the house guests. I love it. Well, I mean, probably not now because we're in a pandemic, but how are things in Charleston right now? What is it like there? Uh, It's interesting to say the least. I think we were one of the worst states in the ranking for cases maybe like a month ago. And I don't think the numbers have really changed much, but... Being that it's such a touristy city, I feel like when COVID started happening, unfortunately, a lot of people retreated to Charleston to get away from where they were, were, which I totally get. But that made the cases spike and like people weren't wearing their mask and not listening. And 
It was rough. I mean, people still aren't wearing masks now. Like I was out earlier today and like, I think yesterday they passed the law saying that you can be ticketed without warning if you're caught outside, even like checking the mail, not wearing a mask. So, and people were still not wearing them. So. Oh man. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My parents live in Charleston, so I worry about them. Yeah. I don't like it. It's rough. It's rough, honestly. Are people eating inside or is it outdoor only? Yes, people are eating inside. Oh, um, you're, so you're allowed. It feels like you guys have more cases, but less strict rules. Yes. So like, of course, there's in the beginning when that first, their first few phases came through, like you could only eat outside. But like, as time seems to go on, I feel like people, are, they're, they're lessening like what is done. So people are literally eating inside. Some of the restaurants don't have, they aren't socially distanced. Yeah. Um, and like, I just... And just order takeout and cook. <laughs> yeah. You're at yeah. home, like, making those shrimp and grits. I yeah, I'm at home with shrimp and grits. I don't need to go to a restaurant anyway, right? And sending some to us in Brooklyn. <laughs> I don't yes, think shrimp I mails well. No, I think that would be pretty gross. <laughs> but next time I'm in Charleston, I am, I'm coming over. Hopefully we'll, we yeah. won't have to wear masks anymore by then, but... <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. So we wanted to start with some career questions. We got a lot. Um, People want to know all about you and how you started your agency and how you've become this fabulous influencer. But um, first of all, when you were a teenager, what did you picture yourself doing as a job? Uh, Pediatric surgeon. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I was gung-ho on... Like, I knew I was always, like, creative and fun, but, like, it's the same story. You believe that that is not where money is. You do that later in life. You do the serious thing first. You get the doctor job or, you know, whatever it is. You're the lawyer. And then once you retire, you can do the fun things. And I was like, I'm going to be a pediatric surgeon. Even though I hated math, I (laughs) I used it as a challenge. I was like, it's going to challenge me to be better at math because I'll have to use it. And, like... That didn't happen. <laughs> That's really funny, actually, because when I was in college, I loved marketing, but I switched my major to finance because I was like, oh, but this will make me better at math. It's a harder major. I'm getting my money's worth for this education. Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't like, use it. it. felt like it made more sense because like, oh, okay, like I'm spending this amount of money. I should be doing a serious, quote unquote, serious career, not like being creative and like having fun. Yeah. It was well, a serious career. Well, let's talk about creativity. What fuels your creativity? Like, where do you get your inspiration? Like, I'm curious. It sounds like you didn't always aspire to be in a creative profession. Like, what was the flip that made you be like, oh, yeah, this makes sense Uh, for me? uh, The joy I felt, and it was instant. Um, You know, walking into a field like being a doctor, you don't necessarily know until you graduated eight years after. And then you walk into an office for the first time if this is something that you actually enjoy. Because you're just being taught everything you need to know. But, like walking down that creative road, like there was always a moment of joy, even in the worst moments. So that's why I was just like, oh yeah, this is what I need to be doing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What would you say like keeps you inspired at like to be, keep being creative every day? The opportunity that I get when I open my eyes in the morning is my first uh, slice of inspiration because that's not necessarily guaranteed. And just like trying to take that thought and allow it to carry me throughout the whole day so I don't get discouraged by, you know, like the small things like work or like someone being upset that you didn't do something right or whatever the case may be. I love walking just to get inspiration, like walking around, like browsing online, anything. 
flipping through magazines, the old school, no Pinterest. (laughs) (laughs) Magazines are underrated, man. Like magazines are underrated. They really are. They really are. I feel like I haven't read a magazine in so long because I used to only read magazines when I fly, which I'm obviously not doing right now. So I feel very, we got to get you a subscription to something. I don't have any magazine (laughs) subscriptions. Yeah, we should get you one. Your birthday's coming up. Um, Sweet, when you September 1st. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Mm-hmm. My little Virgo. Sweet. Vanita, tell us about the Aspen Agency. So what is your agency? And then I have like 9 million follow-up questions. No, it's okay. So the Aspen Agency is a creative agency that I created to allow more so small businesses to feel that they can get everything that the larger businesses get when it comes to like marketing collateral, like your images, your mm-hmm. videos, having people on set and everything like that. But at a a price that was more obtainable, um, working on both sides of it in front of the camera and behind the camera, like as a stylist, I just saw the difficulties that smaller businesses went through and even the larger ones, just like realizing that they're spending, you know, upwards to $40,000 for 20 images. And it becomes a very expensive thing and you have to shoot every three months, if not more than that. So I figured that I could be different by trying to spin that to work, still make a profit and still make people happy. And when did you found it? How long has it been? Since 2017. Ooh. Yeah. Three year anniversary. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I came about doing it because again, it was one of those moments for me where I saw someone being a stylist and I was just like, oh, I can do that. The same thing when I saw, like I flipped through a magazine and saw a girl modeling and was like, why am I not there? I can do that. And I just like, I mean, you just fake it till you make it. I started saying to people that, oh yeah, like I can do that. And then I just like did it as I went. <laughs> and I was very lucky that I didn't mess up in that process. <laughs> Wait, so talk to us a little bit. I'm, I, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your influencer background and how you got started there. But we also really want to talk about the podcast because I've followed you for a while now and everything is always so perfect and you're twirling in these beautiful yeah. dresses and yeah. it's very aspirational and like gorgeously styled, gorgeously put together. But then you launched this podcast and I was like, oh, I'm going to listen. I'm friends with her. It'll be cute. And I just fell in love with it because it's so real. You show so much of your personality. Um, and I just think it's great. I want to, so I'd love to hear kind of how you, again, talk to us about your influencer stuff, but also like what made you guys decide to start it and how has it been like opening up in that way? Um, okay. So as far as the influencer world goes, I kind of fell into that. Um, so I used Instagram as a online portfolio. I felt like my website was always up and down. So I just started putting a lot of my work on Instagram and brands looked at that as, Oh, she's promoting a product. And I really wasn't, I was just modeling for that product and brands started reaching out and asking if I could like post and do things. And I was like, Oh yeah, like, sure. No big deal. And like, of course, when I first started, it was just like for free product and like trade. And now it's turned into, I don't know, 60% of my job, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not complaining about it. I really love it. I, I love the opportunities that have come from it too. It's been such a great thing. And I believe your other question was how did the podcast come about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I guess we're two months in or three months into the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, 
situation that happened on Instagram. And Sophie and I were Instagram friends for maybe like a year or so. But and I realized during the pandemic that like she was showing up less on my Instagram feed. So I sent her a message a week before we started uh, like really talking, being like, oh, I miss your post. Like, I'm just going to spam you. So I did that. And then the Black Lives Matter movement happened. And she sends me a DM like randomly. It was like, what are your thoughts on this? And I was just like, you know, I don't know. I feel like I want to post it. And then I don't want to post it because I don't want to fall into the status quo. But like, there's nothing terrible with the status quo because it's going to make a change. But like, I'm, I was like, I'm conflicted. And she was like, we should get on Instagram live and talk about it. Mind you, I had never talked to this girl on the phone a day in my life. So <laughs> I give her my phone number and she calls me and like, to my surprise, I'm like, oh God, she has this beautiful accent. Oh, like, I love her accent. <laughs> it's so good. And we talked on the phone for about 30 minutes and we decided that we were going to get on Instagram live first. And we were going to talk about our feelings about the black squares that were posted and I had my assistant make this flyer in like 10 minutes. And like we posted it and we said, we we're going to go live at 8.30. And we went live at 8.30 that night with 400 people in the room. And that turned into people still wanting to hear us, but not having the time to watch us as the pandemic has shifted. People have gone back to work. So we decided to turn it into a podcast. Well, I'm so, so glad you did because I didn't, I missed the, the lives. Like I, I think yeah. I got Instagram live fatigue like really early on and that I was just like, I cannot do another one for our brand. I cannot do, I cannot watch another one with friends doing it. So, but podcast is great because you can like put on, do your chores, put it on and like mm-hmm. feel like you're hanging out with friends. Yeah. And, and to answer your last question, I was very excited about the podcast idea because as you said my instagram is very you know curated and it has this beautiful light and nice images and dresses and things but like i felt like i was still lacking my actual voice because you you can't really show that in nine pictures and then i felt like people couldn't hear my tone when it came to blogging about things that would necessarily be more serious so i really feel like the podcast has allowed both myself and sophie to truly have a voice in everything that we stand for and like people to actually be able to hear us and see us fully versus just seeing us in nine images, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So if someone is here listening to you on this podcast and wants to check out your podcast, it's called Group Chat Realness. But do you have a favorite episode so far that you would say like start here? What do you mean? Episode number one. (laughs) Start at the beginning. Start at the beginning. I mean I think that's so funny that you say that because I would be like, never listen to our first episode. It's so bad. We were so bad at this. Yeah. Like, no, I would delete it if we could, but that would be bad because people would be like, where's your first? Um, I think, I mean, honestly, everything's growth. I mean, the trailer's super cheesy. I mean, it's all, it's us about talking about getting real and like having a real group chat. Like it's so corny, but like, it's, I think it's good. And it makes people realize that like, you know, even if you don't really, like you said, like your first episode, it's a it's a growing step. So like yeah. people need to hear you come from episode one to episode five to really get a good feel and like just for who you are as an individual. So we're yeah. starting at the beginning. Totally. Right at the beginning, y'all. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick ad break. So this episode is sponsored by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. If you're feeling like you're in a cooking rut, I cannot recommend HelloFresh highly enough. They do all the shopping and prep, so all you have to do is cook, eat, and enjoy. And there's something for everyone. They have options for classic, low-calorie, family-friendly, or veggie every single week. 
It also saves me so much time. I have been pretty busy the past few weeks just getting Rom-Com Pod Season 2 up and running, and we're in the editing process, and it has really saved me to get HelloFresh. I didn't have to put any thought into meal planning, and HelloFresh did the shopping for me. Plus, all the recipes take about 20 to 30 minutes to cook. They're not hard or time-intensive. Also, I got my second favorite recipe this week. I got the uh, spinach ravioli with uh, chicken sausage. And seriously, it tastes like a restaurant meal. It feels like just something so, I don't know, so delicious that I would never usually make. As an FYI, my first favorite recipe is the Gouda pork burger. So if you see those on the menu, definitely get those. And having HelloFresh meals that I knew were going to be delicious was such a good incentive for me to get my work done. So... One of the biggest things that I love about HelloFresh is their pre-portioned ingredients. So I get exactly what I need and I don't have any food waste. There is nothing worse than needing to buy that one condiment or herb or ingredient for a recipe and you know that the rest is going to go to waste because you're never going to use it. And another thing that I love is that HelloFresh has taken extra steps to keep its employees and customers safe, including contactless delivery, tamper-proof packaging, and team member wellness checks. HelloFresh has also donated over 2.5 million meals to charity in 2019, and this year they're stepping up food donations to local communities amid the coronavirus crisis. So I know we're all doing a lot more eating at home recently, and if you're running out of ideas, you should absolutely try HelloFresh. And we have a really, really good offer for you. Go to HelloFresh.com slash ADBOP and use code ADBOP to get $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash ADBOP and use code ADBOP to take $80 off your first box. That is such a good deal. And now back to the episode. So speaking of the podcast, you have been very outspoken about tokenism and kind of being the token person of color, black girl on different campaigns that you've worked on with brands. Mm-hmm. Do you think anything has changed over the past couple months? Are things getting better? You can be really honest, like you're hesitating. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a Libra, so I'm all about balance. Oh my gosh, me too. When's your birthday? October 16th. Okay, I'm September 27th. Okay. Um, I will. I would say no. From the standpoint of campaigns, it's going to be a little difficult, I think, to showcase that because I feel like what right now a lot of brands are comfortable reaching out to people they've already worked with, and because they know the protocols, they know how it works, they know the process, and they're less willing to bring someone new into that, especially during COVID. <laughs> I just like no. I am just going to say no. People are trying and I'm not going to make their baby steps seem less than what they are because you have to do that in order to walk. But give me, I think I'm going to try to give them another three months or so. I definitely feel like in the influencer realm, like all the influencers that were screaming to follow certain people and like buy black and things like that. I mean, that died down quicker than the Nordstrom sale. So I just, <laughs> I'm trying to be as hopeful as I can, but I have to also realize that Unfortunately, the world is what it is and at the time what it always will be. So speaking specifically to the influencer world, what would you like to see change? Like what are the tangible steps that like you want to see brands take over the next three months that um, you would be like, okay, maybe we're not there yet, but we're like, I'm feeling like we're going in the right direction. 
as far as them like reaching out or as far as like what they're doing? Both. As far as reaching out goes, I feel like if I get another email that says we're trying to include more black people, don't send me that. Oh like, my God. That's so rude. <laughs> don't like, don't do that. That's such like a, oh. it's such an insult. It's like, cause you weren't thinking about me before this movement happened. I right. wasn't on your mind. So now you're one asking me to do something because now you feel sorry and you want to make sure you're including so you can keep up with the status quo and you don't lose your revenue. Right. Like it's almost like they're getting more out of it than you are. Like it's like they're paying you a nominal amount to then be like, look how good we're doing. Yeah. And you know, like the brands that have reached out to me and I know just by what I've seen that they've never really affiliated with themselves with black or brown influencers, but they don't say that. Like I'm more willing because that's their, that's their initial step. Like I'm all about people taking that first step to try to do the right thing. I appreciate that 10 times more than the, we want to make sure we include black influencers in this campaign. And it's like, like cry me a river next. I'm sorry. (laughs) That can't feel great. That's it. It just singles you out even more. Like, you know, as a black woman, you already feel singled out daily. But then for someone to like then point it out to you, it's like, oh, come on. Give me a break. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about I'm asking this selfishly. What That's about fine. influencers? What can in- actual influencers be doing right now to do a better job? I mean, if I'm being honest, I believe it's you, Rayanne, and... I'll say Julia Engel and there's one more Carly and one more girl that I see that y'all have really like made this a part of the life that you live now. It's not like it was just a moment. Like you have made a, made it a point to dedicate a blog post once a week, once a month, an Instagram story, a shout out, trying new products, showcasing those products, sharing it with your audience and just showing that like, Hey, like, this is a new black owned brand that I've tried, or like, this is a new black influencer that I follow that you guys should follow. And like, you've made that a part of your lives. So I feel like if people were more willing to be uncomfortable, cause that's an uncomfortable thing. Like, you know, we're older and we don't like trying new things, but like, if you were to incorporate that into like your day-to-day life, it'd just be so much easier. And I think if other influencers were willing to do that, it'd be so much better. That's been the goal. I have a question. I don't even know if we need to keep this in the interview, but do you, as a black woman, do you prefer when brands, if if an influencer is like, these are some amazing black women that you should be following on Instagram, or do you prefer if it's these are women you should be following on Instagram? Does it always need that call out? No, it doesn't. (laughs) It feels, because it feels like if someone was like, these are some great white women to follow, like I would be like, are are they just following me because of my race? Right. So that's what it feels like. So, and again, like I am more compared to most, I'm a little more understanding. Like I would get that if someone did that, that nine times out of 10, they're doing it out of the kindness of their heart and they don't understand that how that could be seen. Um, but I would prefer if it's just like, oh, you should follow these influencers because, you know, during the BLM movement on social, it was just like, did I gain 20,000 followers in five days because I was black or did I gain 20,000 followers because people actually wanted to see what I had to offer? And yeah. that left me questioning myself. Like, am I now only worth it to these individuals because I'm black and they're trying to make themselves feel better? Or do they actually want to come to my page to see what I have to talk about, say and share? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
So I know that you have blog posts about both of these things, but I'm curious. Yes, please go to her blog, vanitaaspen.com. But I'm curious, can you highlight a few first Black creators and then brands that you think deserve more hype? Like, I just want to use this as a, like, who should we know about that we don't know about that you think is like doing an awesome job? Oh, I was going to say Glamazon. What's her name? Glamazon Diaries. Makeda. Oh, we love her. She's fabulous. Um, She just got engaged. She's got engaged. Yeah, I saw that this morning. Also, the level to which she is getting dressed every day. I'm like, oh, it is. I'm like here in my sweatpants, and I'm like, oh my god, you like, yeah, incredible. Dressed to the nines every day, and like I aspire to be that great every day. Uh, Let's see, Prepford Wife, I believe is her Instagram. She's very sweet. She uh, lives in North Carolina, and she is like, she is like the epitome of a prep. And I, I have, I'm not familiar with her, and I love that name. Mm-hmm. She's great. I'm trying to think of someone else that you don't already know. It doesn't have to be that we don't know. It could be that yeah. our listeners don't know. Oh, uh, good to meet you. Um, her name is Tommy. I like My- her a lot. Yeah, she's so sweet. Um, oh, let me see if I can pull one more. I'd say Shades of the Pink. That's a, that's a shameless plug because it's my best friend, um, Megan Pinkney. Uh, she's great. She is just the, she is, I guess she's basically like Jackie O, like reinvented. Like her <laughs> style is impeccable. She's beautiful. Everything is classy and timeless. And I love it. Um, I think you asked me another question that I forgot already. Brands. Oh, brands. Okay. So there's a brand called Partake, which is a black female owned snack brand. Oh, and what kind of snacks? We like snacks. Like cookies. I believe they have chips, but don't quote me on that. I've only tried the cookies. So what I like about them is that I have a nut allergy. So it's always hard for me to find a healthy snack that I can eat that doesn't have like almonds or something in it. And then my mom has a shellfish allergy and uh, like fish oil is in a lot of our ingredients. And like you kind of miss it. So they take out the top eight allergens out of every snack and they're still so good like i have these birthday cookies i can't even talk i'm so excited i have these birthday cake cookies and they are so good and like you can't tell the difference at all they're gluten-free they're soy-free they're nut-free dairy-free shellfish-free and they taste like oreos yum (laughs) Yum. i want cookies now so good and then there's a nail polish brand La, I can't pronounce it. It's I think it's P I E R R E. Um, she's based in New Orleans, and she created her vegan, non toxic nail polish line when her mother was in the hospital going through chemotherapy because her mom loved to have her nails painted, but she couldn't. And then her daughter was trying to avoid coming in with nail polish on that was toxic, so she created the nail polish line, and she named it after her mother actually. Um, so forgive me for not being able to pronounce it. Um, but yeah, those are two, two black owned brands that I'm like loving. Both of those are new to me and I'm very excited about them and especially oh, the cookies. Yeah. Yes. You've really sold me. At Target. So like they're. Oh, yes. And now she's in Whole Foods. Like that's new. Um, so yeah, you can please go buy them. I'm going to the grocery store tomorrow. I'm going to look. I'm going to go to Whole Foods. I'm going to look. Yeah, you're going to get some for me because I don't. I still haven't been to the grocery store. I'm too scared. And don't get the crunchy ones. Get the soft ones. She has two. She. I want the she, birthday cake ones. I want the ones that you have. Okay, so get the birthday cake soft ones because okay. she please 
both palettes with some people like their cookies really crunchy. Some people like them like soft in the middle, crunchy on the outside. Get the ones that are soft in the middle, crunchy on the outside. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Noted. Noted. <laughs> um, I also want to talk about how people just, you know, not other influencers, but regular people, what can they, what can they do to support black content creators? So I know that you said, and we've heard this too from other people we had on, um, Ayana Lodge as well. And she was saying, um, who I love, and um, we were talking about gaining a lot of new followers. And it's like, it comes, she was saying that it felt like very loaded for her. And so it's like, how can people support you? Like, what's the best way that people can Um, help you? Being patient is number one. Yeah. Uh, If I'm being honest, I am just now coming down from the BLM influx of partnerships messages that I received and we're two months it's two months after I guess or two and a half months after so like being patient with those creators and understanding that you know they aren't the only or you aren't the only people that want to like work with them right now because of everything that's happening and being authentic those are my top two like that's it and that's just like everyday people as well like being patient and and being authentic with them and like not making them feel like you're only doing something for them because like it's great to highlight, but then make that that highlighted portion like a part of your everyday life so it feels authentic and it's not just a moment thing. You had a story up the other day. You were like, I've got sponsored content every day this week. I've, I've done that before. But yeah. I'm sure there's been a lot of demand for work now. And yeah, there has been. That must be tricky to balance. It is. I mean, so that – ooh, I'm going to do it. That post actually got me in trouble. Oh, um, really? I, I lost a partnership behind it. Um, yeah. So, and I, you know, I apologized to the brand and said, sorry, but it it was also like a, you kind of know what I have on my plate. So like be a little patient. And I, you know, it just felt, I just started to feel like I was becoming a sponsored machine because of the BLM, you know, like now it's like all of a sudden, all the brands that I've been dying and dreaming to work with now see me and like, am I going to turn that down? No. And you know, it almost feels like a, a jaded opportunity. It's like, you know, black women can, our black individuals can never get something because they want something. It always has to be handed to them first. So it never really fully feels like a, an engaged or a, a winning opportunity is what I was looking for. That sucks. It does. Yeah. <laughs> it does. I, I- <laughs> I mean, just to feel like you didn't get something because you deserved it and because you're amazing at your job, but because someone's like, oh, I have to work with black people now. Yeah, it's always because like- you are amazing at your job. Like everyone who's listening, like her, her feet is you're you're like perfect at it. Thank you. But it's always like in the back of your mind as a black individual, you know, like, you know, if I walk into a store and I get treated a certain type of way, I always have to think, am I being treated a certain kind of way because she, the associate is having a bad day or is because they don't think that I'm worth being talked to properly because of the color of my skin or do they, you know, are they racist? You know, it's just so many things that like are constantly in the back burner, but you just have to keep them there because if you don't, I don't think I'd be able to function if I kept that at the forefront of my mind every day. Yeah. Yeah. I have no eloquent pivot here. So we were going to pivot to a new category of questions and I don't know how to do that without sounding like an asshole. (laughs) No, listen, it's fine. Like, it's fine because like, you have to digest that. And it's yeah. a lot to digest. The, it's a lot to take in that. Like, I know. Someone walks around like that every day, you know? Yeah. Because- 
you don't necessarily have to think about it. Absolutely. Like, so it's fine. Like I will not be offended if you go to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody wanted to know, um, one of our listeners wanted to know, what have you been doing for self-care during quarantine? Oh my God. My favorite thing to do is go to the grocery store, which has been a little difficult. Um, my self-care things are not like painting my nails and taking baths. That's okay. The grocery store, redoing my refrigerator. <laughs> like reorganizing uh, it? Yes. Oh, I love an organized refrigerator. It gives me the most joy, I think. Okay, <laughs> you're talking to the right people here because we both got Lazy Susans for our fridge during quarantine and mm-hmm. are obsessed with organization. Yes. I mean, I just love a really good, clean, crisp, all the labels pointed to the front refrigerator. Okay. Give it to me. It's great. And I have made it more of a point to do the things that are necessary for my mental health. So if I wake up and I'm just like, not today, I turn my email on, like, basically I'm on vacation and I just don't do it. Like I don't force myself to walk through it because it's not worth it at the end of the day because my mental health is more important. And I wasn't doing that before the pandemic. So that has really taught me to take care of myself. Do you think there's anything from COVID that is like a behavior you've adapted or um, just, you know, having all this time to think that you hope that sticks? Um, Being more patient with myself and the individuals that I have to deal with on a daily basis. Um, Because now that we are all in a sense, like stuck at home, you have more time to think about the situations that are being thrown at you versus just reacting to them the moment that they happen because you're doing 500 other things. So you just want that one to go away, like, and walking through whatever that situation is before responding and like being patient and like being vocal about my feelings instead of hiding them and hoping that whoever I'm dealing with is comfortable vocalizing how they feel as well about whatever the situation is positive or negative. I feel like quarantine has, I don't know across the board, but I feel like it's made people nicer and like more understanding. I think so. No, too. you don't think no? so? She's shaking her head vehemently, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. Yeah. I feel like people are, at least what I see when I am out in public in like the service industry world and I'm seeing uh, the consumer deal with an associate or whatever the case may be, I feel like they are even more entitled. Like, oh, no. At least here. I, you know, yeah. I can't. New York but I just feel like people are like more snappy like more in a rush because now they don't want to be out because they have to wear what they call a dumb mask which is not dumb and like they're upset at that which makes them then be snappy with the associate and at least that's just what I've seen I I feel like opinions are flying and like not all of them are the best and people are just like that's what it is and I'm sticking to it and they're being mean to anyone who doesn't view whatever it is the same as them and like Eh, over it. (laughs) I can see that. I mean, definitely like the political atmosphere and like online, I feel like things have been more combative, but. Oh yeah. Like in the DMs and everyone has to yell. But I feel like in person, at least in New York, you know, it used to be so impersonal. Like everyone was just strangers in a rush in a big city doing things. And I feel like now there's almost like a mood of like, we're in this together a little bit where it has made it New York at least feel like slightly more neighborly. Yeah, I agree. And like living in the South, everything's neighborly. Right. You, know? you already so, were there. Yeah, you guys were right. there. So now we flip backwards. I feel like people are like 
we're everyone's a stranger now. It's not that friendly. Hey, hello, how you doing? Good morning. When you walk outside, it's like, don't look at me, don't touch me. You have COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. So going back to that self care, your self care you said is not painting your nails and taking baths and things. Um, But what are some of your skincare and favorite skincare and body care products? Oh wow, you Um, have amazing skin. Thank you. I am a Neutrogena gal. Um, I have a botanical allergy, so it makes it very difficult for me to use and wear a lot of the products that are on the market that are because everything's pretty natural focused Mm. right now. So I stick with like the Neutrogenas of the world because they haven't messed my skin up yet and I'm not allergic to it. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I use like a Neutrogena moisturizer as the Hydro Boost. I use the Hydro Boost under eye cream. Uh, I use Clinique for sunscreen. Um, and what else do I do for my skin? I use a cleanser by a local dermatologist, Germain Dermatology. And uh, I'm trying to think. What else? Glossier has a serum that I like, which I think it's. It's like the creamy one. Now I can't remember the name of it. I think it's like vitamin B or something like that. But yeah, that's it. Like nothing. I don't have a a 20 step. I wish I could, but I don't have a 20 step skincare routine between that and a good diet. But that's actually super refreshing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, I keep it very simple. Um, And I'm a strong believer of your diet really makes your skin, not what you put on it. But so that's just how I, how I operate. Yeah. Now, do you have a brow routine? Because we got so many questions about oh your Oh, my eyebrows. God. The brow questions, there were so many. You know how good it, it made me so good to see that question because the last couple of weeks, I have been getting so much hate on my brows. No. Like, you draw them on so thick. Like right now, I, well, oh I know you can't see me, but like this is my natural brow. So like I just love a thick brow. So I use, please get your pens and paper ready. We'll put them in the show notes too. <laughs> Benefit. I use the Benefit Brow in shade five and I create a line underneath that is a little lower than my natural brow line because I do like a thick brow. And then I fill it in with that same brow pencil. And then I take an eyeshadow color that is similar and I fill in anything that's sparse with that. And then I set that brow with the Anastasia brow gel in ebony and I take the iconic London eyebrow brush or you can use a toothbrush it works just the same and I kind of like brush all what I have done up so it creates more of a natural look especially in the front and that's that's my brow routine (laughs) have you always been a brow person or did you become a brow person in the last like five years because I feel like I wasn't and now I'm like what were we doing before like we all look so much better with like with a filled in brow I was always a brow girl and I was the girl remember back in the day when they were like oh like her brows look like the m the m from McDonald's or Mm -hmm. like together or they look like sharpie marks like that was me so we have evolved we have changed for the better okay (laughs) (laughs) we have I look at pictures from high school and I had just like the thin line eyebrows. And I remember I spent hours plucking my eyebrows and it hurt so much because I have naturally thick eyebrows and they've never quite recovered from like those years of just like plucking them into a line. But I look so old with those thin eyebrows. Like 
I was in high school, but I'm just like, oh, that wasn't good for your face. <laughs> you know, I'm very fortunate. I never like plucked my brows, but I would have the audacity to take the brow pencil and just draw the line, like this skinny line instead of plucking them. So I had this skinny line and all this hair was around it. Like, I don't know who let me out the house looking like that. So let's talk a little bit about Charleston. So we got so many Charleston questions. I will confess. So I've only been to Charleston once and I thought that Charleston was going to be so much smaller than it was. And so- Mm -hmm. We did a live show there last year, and I was like, oh, well, I'll just fly in earlier in the day, and I'll, I'll spend the day exploring. And so I really only had 36 hours there. And then afterwards, I was kicking myself because I was like, I didn't even scratch the surface. Yeah, no, you didn't. No. <laughs> it's the best place on earth. I love Charleston so much. Yeah. So yeah. I need to – once everything COVID-wise calms down, I'm overdue for a second visit. But yes. can you walk me through your ideal day in Charleston? Like what, what's my itinerary when I go? All right. So itinerary when you go slash ideal day in Charleston, you get up, you walk the battery, you know, at around 7 a.m. Okay. So you can see the sunrise. It's beautiful. And then you come back to the house, you get ready and jazzed up and you go to either Baba's on Cannon, Sightsee, or those are actually the only two. Those are my favorite two coffee shops. Okay. Um, if you go to Sightsee, you will have pastry options. If you go to Baba's, I always recommend the avocado toast. Comes with smoked paprika and a lime in the bread. That is just mm, so good. (laughs) And after that, what are you doing? You go to the beach, duh. Go to Sullivan's Island. You go to the beach, you hang out for a little bit and you go to home team barbecue for lunch. Oh, I love home team. Yes, and you get a game changer and... Tell people what a game changer is. Um, your worst nightmare. <laughs> what is it? Um, a game changer is frozen alcoholic beverage at uh, Home Team Barbecue. And I can't remember exactly what's in it, but it's just so good. It's really uh, good. It's really good. I was and thinking then- it was a sandwich. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> That's why I had her clarify. <laughs> yeah, no. It is a, ooh, it's the greatest drink in the whole world. Then after that, if you wanted to... Stay on Sullivan's Island and chill out. You go to the opposite daughter for dinner or you can come back into the city and you can go to Mesu Charleston, which is a great restaurant. It is a an Asian-Mexican hybrid restaurant. Ooh. So like imagine sushi tacos. That's what you're going to get when you go to Mesu Charleston. And it's beautiful. Oh, um, it, I mean, it's so good. It I haven't been so, there yet. Yeah, it's super good. If not, you go to Magalon for dinner. I don't know if you noticed, but I said a lot of food things because it's such a foodie city. It is. You are eating and drinking from the moment you land until the moment you leave the airport. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's also a good shopping city. It is. We do have a lot of good um, local shops. One of my favorites being um, Beckett and Maris to Heart. Those are two of my favorite shops here. And yeah, King Street is definitely a good shopping district. It's not as local as it used to be, but you know... It's hard because rent's gotten so expensive on King Street that it's hard for a small business to stay on King. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say the pros and cons are for living in Charleston? Grace is just using you as a focus group for like (laughs) thinking about moving to Charleston. (laughs) I've spent so much time there. I could probably say them, but. That's fine. So I, I guess I would say the pros is, is that Charleston as a whole is a very welcoming city and you know, you can have an ideal 
one day and you reach out to somebody in Charleston and the next thing you know, 45 people know about it. Like this is a, a good community hub. Um, the cons of living in Charleston is that it feels segregated at most times still and the flooding. I mean, the, I mean, I tell people to stay away just because of the flooding. I mean, it'll get so bad that like you can't leave your house. You have to get in. Literally people like kayak when it floods. It's quite funny, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> if you look up Charleston flooding, I'm sure you'll find videos and people like in their kayaks and stuff like just going down the street. Um, yeah, those are those are my pros and cons. I don't know what your relationship status is, but I've heard the dating scene in Charleston is really bad. Oh, it's trash. What is it? Eight to it's eight girls to one guy or something like that is the ratio. Oh my god, that's what scares me about if I were to move to Charleston. Um, So you're on the apps, and it's just like one guy, just like (laughs) you keep seeing him. I've never. I was trying to think and make sure I'm not hurting anybody's feelings. I've never dated anyone that's lived in Charleston. Every person I've dated has always been in any other state but here. So if that answers your question about the dating pool here, there's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll throw that in the cotton column. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have dated two people who live in Charleston and it has gone terribly with both of them. So I don't know that that's Charleston's fault. Um, I, I don't think it's Charleston's fault. I think it's their fault. <laughs> all the men here are all the same. It's Charleston's fault. They're all like in their 40s drive a boat, drink all day or drink all night and then try to be, you know, lure during the day. And then it's like, what are you actually doing with your life? Like, I don't know. It's trash. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Do you have any more favorite restaurants in Charleston? You gave a bunch of recommendations, but there's so many. many. Um, There's Hannibal's, which is going to be like the best to me hole-in-the-wall soul food restaurant in Charleston. Okay. Like, it's just so good. Dave Seafood, PC Creamery is an ice cream shop, which isn't downtown, but it's not, it's about 10 minutes away from downtown, so it's not far. Leon's Oyster Shop, Melfi's. I miss uh, Leon's. I was all over your Instagram the other day when you and Paula <laughs> were at, at um, Paula Rallis, um when they were at Leon's. I was like, uh uh-huh. my two internet friends, I want to be there. <laughs> Uh, you know, another good one is Felix. They have a beautiful cognac milkshake. Um, ask for a double shot of cognac. Oh, yeah. Um, My mom and I went there for lunch, but we didn't. We had, I think we had like Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, <laughs> that's safe. Um, oh, Fast and French. That's good. That's a good spot. I feel like that's a good, like, technically it's a, like a local spot, but like, it's it's just so good. It's like the best French food that you can get besides going to Felix. Oh, I love French food. Yeah. Okay, I think that's a great starting place for anyone who's visiting Charleston. This also like is very uplifting to me right now because I miss traveling and I miss Charleston so much. Yeah. You have new places to look forward to? Yeah. yeah. Or a new cognac milkshake to look forward to. Oh my god, that sounds incredible. Cognac milkshake with a double shot of cognac. Oh. Thank you. Yes, I'm I'm going to get that. <laughs> it's so good. So we want to ask two last questions to wind down. Someone asked, what are your recent roses and thorns? My roses. Um, okay, let's see. I don't know. I guess, like I said earlier, I'd be, I have an opportunity to wake up every day as a rose. So I'm just going to say that that's my rose. Yeah. And, and what about a thorn? thorn? My thorn would be, oh, I am having a difficult time right now with my job. So that's my thorn. Yeah. It's 
Yeah, it's tough right now. So yeah. the last question that we have for you, a few yeah. people were wondering about this. This was right up there with eyebrows. Here so, you go. <laughs> A few people said that it looked like you filmed for Southern Charm recently. Can you tell us anything about that? You know, this won't be my first time making a cameo on the show. I just hope it gets picked up. I feel like last couple seasons I've made little cameos, but they don't necessarily get picked up on the show. So we're going to keep our fingers crossed that I get it gets picked up this season. Okay. You know, that's yeah. the only reality show I like actually watch. Well, I did start watching Selling Sunset because... I love all the beautiful real estate. Yeah. And the, the drama is fine, but I, it's really about the, the homes on that show. You know, so, all my friends talk about that show and I feel like I need to. I haven't watch. seen it either. It's a good yeah. one to watch while you're working. Like I, I usually sit at a desk to work, but lately during COVID, if I'm like just not having it, I will um, sit under a blanket and watch TV while I work. And that's kind of been my mood is like sitting and watching beautiful real estate in sunny mm-hmm. weather. While I work as like background noise. I love that. Yeah. So, Vanita, we've come to the end of our interview, but you in the tradition of our podcast have earned your very own desperation minute to tell people where can they find you on the internet? Where, what can they do to support you? Tell us all the things. Okay. So you can find me everywhere at Vanita Aspen, V-E-N-I-T-A-A-S-P-E-N. You can find my beautiful co-host Sophie and I at Group Chat Realness on uh, Instagram and our podcast is both on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you can engage, you know, like, comment, follow. That's the biggest thing. Like just engage. You don't have to buy. Just engage, 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 engage. So go do that. Yeah, go do that. (laughs) thank you so much for coming on today it was great to chat thanks for having me y'all hopefully we can have a part two (laughs) yeah let's get into some end matter please let's talk about instagram who are you obsessed with right now Uh, i'm so boring i i'm on another kick where i'm not i'm trying not to follow new people because i don't want to spend more time on my phone so the only people that i followed in the past week i will tell you my new follows i don't know that they're very interesting uh, my friend's boyfriend has an account where he reviews lobster rolls in Boston. It's called <laughs> I Eat Lobster Rolls. Followed that. Uh, my friend Lydia has a new dog, and I followed her dog, and her dog's name is Confetti the Rescue Pup. She's very cute. She looks like a very happy dog. I'm excited to meet her. And then I also fell in a really, like, I got into a Wikipedia hole looking up Nassim Pedrad because I am watching New Girl right now, and she's Allie on New Girl. And then I was like, what else has she been in recently? Then I got to her Instagram, and I started following her there. And she has a lot of celebrity friends that I would not have expected. Like, her and Kate Upton are, like, best friends. Interesting. She's really good friends with Christine Melodi, um, the mother from How I Met Your Mother. But I was like, yeah, I'm going to follow you. I'm here for this. Cool. Not really cool, (laughs) but that's what I got. Cool. You have actual ones. I do. So my first one is an art obsession. So what happened was Tanya Taylor posted one of his paintings and I got obsessed. His name is Jean-Paul Donadini, J-E-A-N Paul, D-O-N-A-D-I-N-I. His paintings are incredible. I'm really into like all the unfinished brush paintings where he like drags a line of paint across the canvas and then it looks like the brush and the handle is just stuck onto it. I think they're so cool. I think that that's going to be like my next big piece of art that I save up for. Wait, I'm sorry. Is it 3D? So is the brush 
actually part of it or is the brush painted on? Some of them it's painted on and some of it is 3D. Okay. So I just think it's he, his work is so cool. It like stopped me in my tracks and I just love it. And then my other one is a bookstagrammer. Her name is Mackenzie Newcomb and her account is at Mackenstyle, M-A-C-K-I-N style. And she's just adorable. She's got such good energy. She's so enthusiastic. Um, she hosts, so her personal account is, I think what you and I like, it's like a lot of outfits and just like fun, cute lifestyle things. But she also talks about all the books she's reading. Okay. And she also hosts a book club called the Bad Bitch Book Club. I like her energy a lot. Um, okay. Her account's a little smaller. She only has like 6,700 followers. I'm actually kind of surprised because the images are all really good and she's she does a good job. So you're here to hype her up. I'm hyping her up. She was on the Zoom with with Katie McGee. She's one of the people who asked a lot of questions. I know. I saw her and um, I hope she's flattered by this comparison because it's, it's meant as a compliment. She looks a lot like Jen Lake. And for a while, I thought that it was Jen Lake. You're right. They do look alike. Yeah. And then yeah. I like hovered over her and I was like, oh, I didn't know Jen Lake was a big reader. And then I like hovered over her and it was like her name was Mackenzie. And I was like, I don't think it's Jen Lake. <laughs> it wasn't Jen Lake. That is so funny. But I'm really into everything she's been posting. What about non-Instagram obsessions? Um, my non-Instagram obsession this week is my Theragun. Um, so I have been such a good little worker outer. I've worked out every day since Sunday. Wow. Um, it's Friday. It's no, it's Thursday. I don't know what day it is. This has been such a long week. But I love my Theragun. It um it's great for getting like the tops of my shoulders. Like I hold a lot of stress in the um and I don't know what this muscle is, like between your neck and your shoulder. Your traps? I think it's my trap, yeah. I don't know that, but it sounds... It, it feels like it's my trap, but I'm not sure. <laughs> it feels like it's my trap. <laughs> um, and also my IT band and um, basically anywhere that's really sore. It It is intense, but I use the lowest setting and I love it. I mean, maybe I'm going to have to borrow it after I get my soul cycle bike because I always see my favorite soul cycle instructor doing his legs after he teaches 19 classes a week. And oh I think God. that I'm probably going to also take 19 classes a week. You're going to need it. I'm going to be in the best shape of my life. <laughs> it is wonderful. I can't recommend it enough. I'm going to do a full like blog review. Like I had Allie take some photos of it, but I still have yet to download the app because there's this app, which I cannot personally speak to because I'm just a savage and I'm like using it however way I want. But um, there's an app and I guess there's like routines you can do. And I guess there's a bedtime like unwind one, which sounds amazing. So I'm I'm pumped. I feel like I would want to do it with somebody because I would want somebody to do my back. Like I don't feel like you would get. You can can get, you can make a lot of headway on your back. Oh, I guess so because it has a, extension kind yeah. of too. Okay. Like I got some knots that were like in my mid back mm. with it. Okay. You have to be a little flexible and kind of like maneuver it, but it works. Got injured using my Theragun. Oh my God. Imagine. The Grace Atwood story. No. Um, but I love it. What about you? Okay. So first of all, I would like to recognize that this is the third hot sauce and or hot pepper thing that I have recommended on this podcast. And it's a passion of mine. And I realize that. And I know that you know that it's excessive. So anyway, when we recorded season two of Rom-Com Pods, Rachel sent me a present as like, happy end of recording. We did it. And she sent me these three hot pepper, you know, like crushed red pepper options. So sweet. From this like gourmet hot pepper company called Flatiron Pepper Co. And so instead of like just, you know, like the, the red pepper flakes that you buy at the grocery store, like the McCormick's ones or whatever, they use different 
pepper. So there's all these blends. And one of them is called dark and smoky. And it's like ancho chilies. And it's like really, it's like a really different flavor than crushed red pepper flakes usually are. And it's so good. I'm obsessed with it. And it's not the hottest one either. You might even like it. I just like Frank's. I just want to put Frank's on everything. You have red pepper flakes, though, in your house. You own them. I put them on my avocado toast. I love. I like them on pizza, and the the dark and smoky one is so good on pizza. Yum. Maybe I'll order pizza tonight. Oh, yum. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, I'm really obsessed. And then it came in a three-pack, so then the other one is like – there's a really hot one that's like habanero and ghost pepper, and that one's good. And there's a green pepper one, but I haven't tried it yet because it's the least spicy, and so that intrigues me the least. Yeah. What about reading? What are you reading right now? Okay. So I finished You Had Me at Ola by Alexis Daria. I I have that in my pile and I'm excited to read it. Yeah. I continue to highly recommend it. Stayed good. Loved it. Loved the ending. Such a fun romance, contemporary romance read. Loved it. So then I started this book called More Than Maybe by Aaron Hahn. And it's a young adult book. It's a schmaltzy teen romance. And you know that I am a sucker for any plot line that involves teens starting a podcast. So it's one of those. It's about... Um, I'm still quite triggered by the last book that you made me read I know. about teens I know. starting a podcast. I know. We, for historical context, in one of our first year book clubs, we read this book that we didn't pre-screen. It was the worst book we've ever read. It was this called, is why we always pre-read all of our books. Yeah. It was called Listen to Your Heart by Casey West. And it was... Looking back, it was probably middle grade fiction. I do think it is one of our funniest book club episodes, but I am deeply apologetic for anyone who read that book because of us, because it was awful. So anyway, I'm just still trying to fill that hole of like teen podcasting teens. <laughs> so this, why? I don't know. So this book is about these two teen brothers who are British and their dad is a rock star. There's a lot of plot points in this. And um, one of them is very shy and has a big crush on this girl who works at a local music venue. And they come together because of the podcast. And it's really sweet. I don't think it's quite as good as her first book. She wrote a book last year, and I can't remember the name of it. She only has two books, so it's her first book. That was um, basically um, A Star is Born, but with country singing teenagers. And I thought that one was really good. This one's good, but it's, it's not as good as her first book. Okay. But if you're looking for a schmaltzy teen romance, like, it's as good as any. Okay. What are you reading? So I finished Majesty by Katie McGee, which is my favorite, my favorite. I love that series. It's amazing. It's also our September book club pick. So And so many of you were so excited about it. I was just, like, feeling so happy by how happy you all were. Yes, same. So, so excited about to talk about that with you in a few weeks. But I also am about – Should we have Katie back on? So I was talking to her about this after the Zoom, and I was like – she's like, I'll do anything. What do you want? Do you want – do you want – like, she has, like, these little mugs she made. She, like, had all these ideas. But um, she's like, should I come back on? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I think we should have her back on because Just I, for fun? Yeah. I think she should do the book club with us. Yeah. Because we can also talk about – like not as a bonus episode, just as a main one, because she was talking a lot about some of her inspirations for characters, and I thought yeah. it was so interesting, and I would love to have that conversation. Yeah, I, I would okay. love to have her on. Well, let us know in the Facebook group if you want us to have her on, because yeah, she's I been know on if you twice guys now, I think. No, only once. Oh. You no, know, she said she's been on twice, because she came on for Thousandth Floor, and then she came in person for um, 
for oh, did she? American Royals. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah, I want to know, do you guys like when we have the author on or no? I I can't Those tell. Those episodes never get as many downloads no. as the other episodes. I know. But so I feel I'm like, like our hardcore like readers might like it. I, w- I like it, but I, maybe I don't want to just do it for me. Yeah. Tell us in the Facebook group. Yeah. Okay. So you finished that. And then I read – so this week I moderated this panel for Random House um, around their summer reads. And thanks to those of you who came. It was very fun. But taking it very seriously for something I wasn't paid to do or anything, I made myself read all four of the books from the authors. Because I couldn't interview these authors without having read their books first. So I – I'm still reading. I'm about 70% of the way through a book that I think you would like. It's called I saw it on your story and I it didn't seem like a you book. Oh yeah. And then I read the um description and I was like, that sounds great. So I've been waiting to hear your yeah. thoughts. So I'll give it to you when I'm done. It's called Destination Wedding by Diksha Basu. And <laughs> this is not my typical book, but I have to tell you, this book has made me realize that I need to read more books by Indian authors because I am learning so much about India and just like Indian culture and like being I have Indian friends. So I I've, I know things from them, but just like what it's like, there's a lot is of references to set in India or is it people of Indian descent in the United States? So it goes back and forth between oh, okay. um, the main character lives in Williamsburg in a two bedroom apartment that overlooks McCarran Park. Oh, so she's famous. I know where she lives. Yeah, I do, too. I like can picture where she lives. And she has like this really cool job in TV, which I thought of you because of like the TV writing is sim- kind of similar to rom-com pods. And OK, so she. She does that, but she goes to this destination wedding where her parents, who are now divorced, like amicably, um, are both there with their new partners. So one of them, her mother, is dating a white man called David Smith. Okay. Um, like, it, which is just like as white as you can get. And then her father has started dating this woman that he met through an Indian matchmaker. And it's an Indian matchmaking service just for widows. So they're all at this this destination wedding in India and like – a lot of them are making really bad decisions. This sounds fun. It's this sounds really great. fun. It's been a little hard to follow because the author uses uses some like interesting transitions from per- person to person. Like she'll be telling the story from one character's perspective and then she'll be like she transitions very quickly into um the perspective from another character. It's not like chapters. So you have to be paying really close attention or because there's been several times where like I think I maybe missed a sentence or something as I'm reading and then I have to go back and be like oh no it, it's it switched perspectives um but it's great the author was amazing on the um on the panel the other night and it's definitely not my typical book I don't really like books about weddings and it's I think it's gonna gonna be a romance I can't really tell but it's good. It's really good. It's really well written. It's really smart. But mostly I'm just enjoying like I think one of the best re- reasons to read books by authors who are different than you is to kind of learn about somebody else's different perspective. Oh, Grace, can you finish it so I can have it? Yeah, I'll give it to you probably this weekend. Okay. If you are looking for something to read, Grace already mentioned, but we are reading Majesty, which is the second book in the American Royals series for our September book club. Uh, We read the first one, and we have an episode from last September, and now we're reading the second one. The premise is uh, about what if the U.S. had a royal family and George Washington was the first king of America instead of the first president, and it's set in present day, and his descendants, the Washingtons, are the 
kings and queens and princes and princesses of the United States, a very different United States. Yes. And um, it follows the younger generation. So they're um, late teens, early 20s as they're coming into their roles in the monarchy. And if you read book one, this one kind of uh, continues on the same thread and follows up with Beatrice, the... I don't, I don't want to give spoilers in the first one. I don't know how to do this. Anyway, it follows up. It lives up to the hype. It's just as good. If you're reading along with us, that means you read the first one. It's going to scratch the itch. And if you read the first one, I will say this. the It, it totally goes in a different direction than I thought, romantically especially, with each Absolutely. of the characters. I can't wait to talk about it. I feel like I'm like ready to go into the book club episode now. <laughs> Me too. Me too. But you, we have to wait till September. In the meantime, if you would like more of us, you can join our Facebook group. Just search Bad on Paper on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Grace Atwood. And my blog is thestripe.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And my other fiction podcast is called Romcom Pods. And season two is coming in October. So make sure you've listened to season one. Yes. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.